Do you know what Peter did? Do you know how he died? It's amazing what he did for Christ, but it took a time of restoration with his dear Savior, offering forgiveness, not once, not twice, but three times. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder in our series, The Story of Jesus here on In Grace. We're gonna to continue to talk about his close friend's denial. Yes, the apostle Peter failed the Lord three times, but as we're gonna to see today, he was also restored three times. We're gonna talk about that, the restoration of Peter more as we get to that part of the story after the resurrection and his appearances, but we do mention it today because it tells me that God is a God of grace and a God of mercy. And if we blow it, we shouldn't, but if we do and we will, he will forgive us if we'll confess that and we can move on in our service and our life to serve Jesus Christ. If Peter can be forgiven, so can we. Let me also uh, tell you that In Grace has uh, really, really, really amazing things coming up. One is we are able to have Secretary of State Mike Pompeo come to the Quinton Road Baptist Church, and he's going to be speaking on March 12th. I'll also be interviewing him for an In Grace episode on stage. If you'd like to come, if you're in the area, or maybe you want to come here from a distance to hear him, our information for that is on our website, ingraceradio.com. Click on that. You'll find out how you can be part of the Mike Pompeo event coming up March 12th. We also invite you to travel with us sometime. As I'm recording this, I'll be in Israel right now on our In Grace Israel tour. We have about 120 people, our friends that listen on the radio, watch our program on television, some of our Dayspring Bible College and seminary students, some of our members at the Quinton Road Baptist Church, all together going to this incredible place, the land of Israel. I'd love to show it to you. We have another trip coming up next year. And if you'd like information on that or our In Grace Alaska Creation Cruise coming up this summer in July, go to ingraceradio.com and click on travel. ingraceradio.com and click on travel. The trials of Jesus represent the ultimate mockery of justice. Certainly a trial that's meant to sway public, but only one side. Matthew 26, 59 says, Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. <laughs> I mean, this was really tough. They knew they couldn't convict him with real witnesses because there wasn't any, so they had to bring false witnesses, but they couldn't get their stories together. They said, uh, verse 60, Though many false witnesses came, yet found they none, for at the last two false witnesses, in verse 61, and said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. That was all they could come up with. And actually, Jesus did say that. You know what I love about this? This is the one charge they're going to bring up against Jesus. He's going to destroy the temple in three days. Uh, he'll build it back up. That is the ultimate sign that he is God, right? So what are they referring to? Early in Jesus' ministry, he had first come to Jerusalem. He had cleansed the temple the first time with, uh, with whips. Don't make my father's house a house of merchandise. And he said this in John 2, 19. He said, destroy this temple 
and in three days I will raise it up. So what is he talking about? The Jewish temple, they had the grand second temple, Herod's temple, Zerubbabel's temple that was made grandiose by Herod the Great, uh, which was destroyed after Jesus in, in uh, Roman days. Titus destroyed that. But he wasn't talking about the temple, was he? It says in verse 20, Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? What does it say? But he spake of the temple of his body. So they finally come up with something to convict him, and they actually speak truth. But they got it wrong, didn't they? They got it wrong. And it says in Matthew 26, 62, And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witnesses against thee? But Jesus held his peace. Why didn't Jesus answer there? Why didn't he answer? I tend to answer everything. You know, sometimes you just need to zip it. Or, or even better, I found it's really good to, when people ask you a question and you kind of think it's maybe they've got an ulterior motive to ask the question, ask them a question. And it could be something random too. It doesn't even have to be related. Just ask them some random question. And boy, they don't know what to do with that. But Jesus didn't say anything. Why? Well, first of all, this was predicted, wasn't it? Isaiah 53, he was oppressed, verse 7, he, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. That doesn't mean that he never answered anything, for in this same passage, we're going to find that he did answer some things, but this one he did not. Why not? It was predicted, yes, but number two, it was because Jesus had been talking about something spiritual, and how is it possible for these wicked, worldly men to, to understand what he, what he was talking about? They couldn't. They didn't have the capacity. They were out to, to kill him. They were out to take him. And so, therefore, Jesus didn't answer that question. Verse 63 continues, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Now what Caiaphas just did here was he forced Jesus to answer because he is now putting Jesus under oath. And so now Jesus does answer. In verse 64, Jesus saith unto him, thou hast said. <laughs> okay, so basically he's putting the words that Caiaphas had just said, whether you're the Christ, the Son of God, Jesus said, thou hast said. Nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming in the cloud, the clouds of heaven. I love that. Oh, that must have infuriated Caiaphas. Infuriated. So Caiaphas here was shrewdly and, but foolishly putting Jesus under oath. Forcing him to answer, and Jesus answered. What did he answer with? He answered with Psalm 110.1. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And then Daniel 7.13. Behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. I love this. Why? Because this Jesus, who was silent before his accusers, is the God of all glory, the ancient of days, the one that is coming in power 
and in glory. And he's going to rule and reign in Jerusalem on the throne of David forever and ever and ever. And that's the God that we serve. And that's the, the one that Caiaphas could have known. And all of these accusers could have known that. They could have known him. They could have been saved. He was, he was going to die for their sins, the sins that they're committing right now, these illegalities that they're committing in this false trial, false witnesses. It's one of the things that God hates the most is a false witness. How awful. But here Jesus answers beautifully. In verse 65 of Matthew 26, then the high priest rent his clothes. So this is what you do when you're extremely upset saying, he has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now we have heard this blasphemy. What think ye, they answered and said, he is guilty of death. And that's bad, but what they're about to do is sickening. It's just awful. And if you love Jesus, I hope that what you're, what you're about to read and hear, it, it just sickens you. Then they did spit in his face. Have you ever been spat at in your face? Sometimes accidentally, that's why no one sits in the front rows of our church because <laughs> preachers spit a little bit. But, but to do it on purpose, to spit in someone's face, is just the ultimate insult. The God that created the person spitting is allowing this to happen. And that wasn't the worst of it. They buffeted him. It says in one of the other gospels that they, they, they covered his eyes. And then it says here that they smote him with the palms of their hands saying, prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who he is that smote thee. Just the, the most disrespectful, hateful behavior that they were committing. Now, the gospel of Luke tells us that outside there was a servant girl who was staring at Peter. I don't know if, you, if you've ever had someone staring at you. Ooh, but you just know it. You don't even have to, you don't even have to see the person staring at you and, and you know they're staring at you. You just get this, this hair on the back of your neck standing up and, and you get this, like, this feeling that someone's staring at you. Have you ever had that? Well, Peter's sitting by this fire. He's trying to kind of be incognito. He wants to be near. He wants to be finding out what's happening, but, but he's afraid, obviously, because of what's happening. And this girl is staring at him. And she's staring at him accusatorily. Not with, not with good intentions at all. And there she is gazing upon him, staring at him. And boy, I bet he was getting uncomfortable with this situation. It says in Matthew 26, 69, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him saying, thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. That's sad, isn't it? It's sad. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. Are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch In Grace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. 
Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. Now remember, it was only hours earlier that Jesus said, Peter's going to do this. And Peter says, no way, I will never deny you. I will die for you. Be careful about boasting. Be careful about pride. Because if if you're hard on Peter, let me just tell you something. We could all do this. We can all do this. Anytime you're embarrassed to pray for a meal at a restaurant, it's the same thing. Are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed to talk to people about Christ? Are you embarrassed? Don't be embarrassed. Look what Jesus did for you. Why would you be embarrassed about him? I don't know the man. And after a while, verse 73, came unto him that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Had an accent. And began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately, cock crew. That sound of the rooster, Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times, and then the rooster will crow. Luke tells us that at this moment, Jesus from inside the hall was able to look out upon Peter And his eyes met Peter's eyes. Now the servant girl had been staring at at Peter with accusation in her eyes. But Jesus, do you ever wonder what Jesus' eyes were conveying? Do you know how much information eyes can, can convey? You know, you can tell easily if your wife is happy or mad by her eyes. Maybe eyebrow is in there too. But there's there's a lot of information that can come from someone's eyes. And I just wonder what Jesus' eyes were conveying to Peter. Peter locked eyes with Jesus, this one that they had been so close. They'd been through so much. Peter had been the one that confessed Christ in Caesarea Philippi. Peter was the one that was there at the transfiguration. I mean, Peter was in the inner circle. He was the guy. And he had just did what Jesus said he was going to do. And he said, there's no way I would do it. He had just denied knowing Jesus three times. And the sound of the rooster echoing through the night and the eyes of Jesus gazing at him, what were Jesus' eyes conveying? Here's what I think Jesus' eyes were conveying. Disappointment, but love nonetheless. That is our Savior. He loves you in spite of us, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our failures. But there... Peter remembered, verse 75 of Matthew 26, the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crew, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Have you ever failed? Have you ever wept bitterly? I'm sure Peter here thought it was over. 
He could never, ever please the Lord again. He could never do anything else for God. But did he? Did he? Do you know the story? Do you know what Peter did? Do you know how he died? It's amazing what he did for Christ. But it took a time of restoration back at the Sea of Galilee with his dear Savior, offering forgiveness, not once, not twice, but three times. By the way, lordship salvation, which is this idea that you make Jesus the Lord of every area of your life and then you can be saved. But Peter denied the Lord well into his Christian experience. So therefore, I think that puts a death knell into this lordship salvation. If Peter can do this and none of us doubt his salvation, we all can fail the Lord, but he doesn't fail us. And by the way, did Peter learn his lesson? Yeah, because in 1 Peter 5, 8, he warns us. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Satan was part of this episode of denial. Jesus said, Satan's going to buffet you. And he did. And Peter succumbed. But Peter now warns us and helps us with all of this. Now, some people that know the, the different gospel accounts of this episode, they say, well, Mark's account of the denial is different than Matthew, Luke, and John. And they're right. Actually, Mark tells us that the rooster crowed once at the first denial and a rooster crowed at the third denial. So there was two rooster crows. So let me ask you that. Is that a contradiction? Well, here's how I can understand this in a simple answer. Two roosters, okay? Two roosters. The crows, at, for sure, an hour apart, we read that in our text today, making the second rooster's crow the crow that Jesus was talking about after Peter's third denial. Again, it's, it's something that people say is a contradiction, but it isn't. It isn't. Let me end with this. Is it too late? Is it too late for you to be saved? See, salvation isn't about whether we're faithful, we're not faithful, we sin, we don't sin, because we're all sinners. We've all failed. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Is it too late for you to be saved? There was one English evangelist named Ebenezer Wooten, and he had just concluded a service in the village square, and the crowd had dispersed, and he was putting away his equipment, and a young man approached him and asked, Mr. Wooten, what must I do to be saved? Now, Evangelist Wooten answered a way I probably wouldn't, but he did it. He sensed that this inquirer was uh, depending on himself. What must I do to be saved? And uh, Evangelist Wooten said, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late for me to be saved. And Wooten said, it's too late for you to do anything to be saved. I tell you, it's too late now or any other time for you to do anything to be saved. The work of salvation is done, completed, finished. It was finished on the cross. And then he explained that our part is simply to receive by faith the forgiveness that has already been offered. And so before you can serve the Lord, you must know the Lord. You must be saved from your sins. And the Bible says that we can be saved by faith. It's not by works. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. 
not of works lest any man should boast. It's a simple, beautiful message of hope and of life and of grace. And because Jesus came and because he died and because he rose again, anyone who believes in him, trusts in him, is saved. Now you might fail, you will fail. I'm not saying that you say, well, Peter failed, so that's my excuse to fail. No, I'm not saying use it as an excuse. I'm just saying it's true, it's a truth. We're gonna fail the Lord, but, but if you're saved, you're a child of God and that can never change. And God can continue to use you no matter how bad you failed him. But before you can be a child of God, you must come to a point in your life when you say, I'm a sinner, I can't save myself, but I put my faith, I put my trust in Jesus. In him alone, the son of God who died and rose again. I think just, just seeing the way the story's unfolding is another proof that Jesus is God. Do you know him? Have you put your faith in him? If you haven't, do it right now. And if you'd like to get more information on what it takes to be saved, just contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. If it's after hours, leave us a voicemail or go anytime, day or night, to ingraceradio.com. We have a video there that you can watch that is, am I going to heaven? And if you click that, you'll hear me explaining the simple plan of hope, of salvation, that Jesus is the son of God. He came and lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and he rose again and he's alive and he wants to save you. And he offers you salvation right now. And it's not by anything you can do. It's by trusting what he did. He paid for your sins and he rose again. His blood was poured out on the cross, innocent, perfect blood, a perfect human sacrifice for you. And if you've never received him by faith, do it right now. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. But right now I put my faith, I put my trust in Jesus. And that saves you, not just for today or tomorrow, but forever. And that's good news. Call us if you have questions about that, or if you want to tell us that you've put your trust in Christ, we would love to rejoice with you. Again, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. Some of you would prefer to write to us, and we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. We have been telling you about a brand new video series that we have out. Now, you heard on Friday and on our weekend edition, of In Grace, the first part of the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Part two will be this Friday and this weekend. But let me tell you something. You really need to see it. We go to a ranch in Texas to see these red heifers that were approved by the rabbis for the sacrifice in Jerusalem. We went to Jerusalem. We interviewed these rabbis in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives on a piece of property that they secretly purchased that they're going to do the ceremony on. We also interviewed people that are longing to rebuild the Jewish temple, like harp makers and a man growing these ancient plants for temple incense. We toured the Temple Institute. We're going to bring you all the latest. And we actually toured the Temple Mount and the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which you really aren't even allowed to do. We got special access to do all of this. So you want to see it. We have computer animations of the temples of Solomon, of Herod, and of the Third Temple and the Millennial Temple. You really got to see this brand new three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. You now say, okay, Pastor Scudder, I want that. Now, how do I get it? 
Okay, I'm glad you asked. Uh, here's how you get it. If you make a donation of any amount, you can make a dollar donation. Now, I hope it's more than a dollar because it'll cost us more than a dollar to give this to you. But whatever the amount is to in grace to make sure more people hear the gospel through our broadcast and uh, streaming ministries, we're going to thank you by sending you this series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Now, if your gift is $35 or more, let me also send you our eight-part video prophecy series, Armageddon's Dawn, and our four-color beautiful prophecy chart, Armageddon's Dawn. You want to get all three of these items that will really help give you a good education in Bible prophecy and what's coming and why. And all of this should inspire all of us to live like Jesus could come back today. So contact us by phone, by going to our website, or by writing to us. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful end times prophecy chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.